Wrestling Podcast Universe. You've found your way to the Nuclear Heat Podcast with your hosts, Rob, Cass, Mike, and we're here to bring you all the best, the worst, and everything in between of this week's Raw and Smackdowns. But first, the entire team at the Nuclear Heat Podcast was very saddened to hear this morning that Leon White, also known as Vader, had passed away at age 63. I'll always remember him very fondly from Boy Meets World, where he played Frankie's dad and had to wrestle Corey in one episode. One of the highlights of the Boy Meets World run. I agree, because there was also when Frankie wanted to be a poet and not a wrestler. He came back multiple times. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, Vader will be missed, and the whole crew here sends our thoughts to his family. In other less serious bad news, Cass's favorite wrestler. Is that bad news coming up? I, I, I'm arguably? No, was, it's not. It's crushed. It's news. Let, we'll call it news. Cass's favorite wrestler and namesake, <laughs> Big Cass, was released by the company this week. I'm glad that he's gone. I don't have to say my name over and over again when I'm talking shit on someone. I think cringe as you say it. Yeah. I thought about renaming myself. Uh, do you have a, a preferred nickname? Not now. Not Back now. to Cass. Back to Cass. Little Cass is very disappointed <laughs> that her her friend seven Big foot Cass tall friend seven foot tall. Now is it little spelled out or is it just L I L? L I L, of course. Anyway, I'll big, always remember him for being seven feet tall and having two garbage pay per view matches with Daniel Bryan. And now that midget. That midget, Daniel Bryan. He cheated, I that, think. That little person, Cassandra. Not that midget. Anyway, goodbye, big cast. Hopefully we won't see you again. That does ruin your fantasy booking from last week of <sighs> Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, big and cast. big cast, and Jinder Mahal. We'll never get to see that fatal four-way. We'll have to find somebody else awful to go in there. But there's a lot of choices. There's a lot, there's a lot of choices. Or maybe they'll all get fired. And then they could start their own indie wrestling. Indie wrestling promotion featuring <laughs> Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal. Shall we move on to Raw, please? Sure. So Raw opened up with Kurt Angle and Alexa Bliss this week. Alexa was in the ring wanting to celebrate her Money in the Bank victory. Well-deserved victory. Well-deserved victory. While uh, Kurt Angle wanted to set the rematch for next month at Extreme, Extreme Rules. Rules. Anyway, Alexa told Kurt that she wanted to review what had happened the night before when she had vanquished two bullies in yeah. Ronda Rousey and I Nia Jax. First off, she was looking really good. The goddess of WWE. Glad she's got the belt back. She's a superstar. And they were bullying her. I'm glad she got to take them out. And now the only woman that actually matters, and the three-time Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss. So I thought Alexa was doing really, actually good heel work here, and it's it's something that the women's division needs, really well-defined heels. They've got some that are coming along, but Alexa is the furthest along, which puts her in a perfect position for what she's transitioning to here. So as Alexa called herself the three times women champion, we saw Ronda Rousey came out and 
She got into Bliss's face, and Bliss called her an overhyped rookie. Agreed. Overhyped. And rookie, yeah. Yeah, and rookie. She's just telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, so that is what caused Rhonda to go ape shit. Go ape shit. Yeah, she got yeah. incensed. She. Uh, Eat all my boy Kurt Angle, first uh, off. She had an awesome judo throw on your boy Kurt <laughs> Angle, actually. Probably broke his cell phone. Probably broke his cell phone. Luckily, he uses it turned off anyway, <laughs> so it won't really matter. He's just imagining that there's someone on the other end of the cell phone. There is. It's not, not on. Crazy. It's not no, on, Kurt. He's not crazy. It's. He's not even the GM. It's just like a nice title that they gave him. <laughs> you know, this is a, it's Fisher Price. It's Raw all in his head. Oh, that'll be the final at the episode. end of at Raw. The end of Raw he's looking into a snow globe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Our fantasy booking is getting really good right now. <laughs> I'm I'm excited for this. So uh, Rhonda beat up Alexa Bliss. Gave Kurt a judo throw, beat up four referees. The crowd was really into it. They were doing the yes chant for Rhonda, and then Rhonda uh, slammed Alexa through a table. Uncalled for. Uncalled for, according to Cassandra. Uh, this is, in my opinion, how they should have been booking Rhonda from the very start. If they had been watching her, you know, promos when she was in UFC. They already kind of should have known that she's a boring speaker, you know. Let's just turn her into a hothead. Yeah, let's yeah. let's let's do something where she doesn't have to speak. Mm-hmm. Let's put her against someone Make who her the Braun Strowman of the women's division. <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman's actually He's an actually entertaining really good speaker. On the mic, yeah. But so this is moving Rhonda somewhere where the fact that she can be really physical in the ring will be good and. The other person can carry the mic work. Yeah. Even bef- even if we exclude the fact that a Kurt suspended her for 30 days after this, so we are going to get four weeks at least of only Alexa doing all the talking for this feud. Which is good. Which is good. But they didn't even really need to suspend her. They can mm-hmm. just have Alexa do all the talking for this feud. But now... It, it creates a cover story and also provides a few minutes of entertainment. Yeah, it, it hides... Like builds a legacy around her. It hides her inadequacies, you know. She is really... I, I think Money in the Bank really did put a final cap on it. She's good in the ring. She can have an entertaining match. She can't speak well. So let's put her in a position where it doesn't matter as much. Which is what they probably should have done mm-hmm. all along. If they had taken a little more time before they introduced her, if they had, you know, sent her down to Florida for a couple months and found out that she wasn't great on the mic, maybe they would have presented her right from the beginning this way. But I think now they're moving into a place where where Rhonda will have the most opportunity. I think it's good. So then we... Uh, who's who's going to compare her to Braun Strowman? That was Cassandra. That was you? All right. Because uh, I'm writing in my notes now, Braun Strowman. Nice. Braun yeah, Strowman. It's going to get cut. Um, or Broad Lesnar. Because <laughs> Lesnar's not great on the mic yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. That's who she yeah. is. Yeah. That's I forgot about him because he's never on. But that's who she is for the women's division. The only real problem with comparing her to Brock is that Brock is so dependent on Paul Heyman, mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman is only good as a heel. Yeah. 
he can't be presented as a hero. Is Brock supposed to be a good guy? No, Brock okay. is supposed to be a bad guy. But if you put Rhonda with Paul Heyman, which a lot of people do want, well, I he's great like on the mic. She'd be better as this crazy heel. Not necessarily, you know, shit talking the audience, but uncontrollable, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's a loose cannon. Yeah, loose cannon. Well, we'll see. We might sometimes, get there at some sometimes point. Sometimes nice, and then something sets her off. We'll see you in 30 days. So up next, we had a Intercontinental Championship match. Seth Rollins, a fighting champion with an open challenge, and out came Dolph Ziggler. When you saw Dolph and Drew coming out, were you excited? Uh, my first thoughts were that um, Seth was looking extra greasy tonight, kind of gross. And then I realized why, because he was trying to outgrease McIntyre, his hair, <laughs> and it was like a grease off kind of thing. But I was excited for Ziggler because I do like him. I mean, I like Seth Rollins as well. Yeah, I think that it was pretty exciting to see Dolph come out here because you know that Dolph and Seth could have a good match together. They're both and great Dolph workers. Was so entertaining. Dolph is entertaining. So the match opened up really quick. Uh, the very first move was Dolph basically attempting a Famouser, which he didn't connect with, and then followed up immediately with Seth trying for the stomp. Uh, so both trying to take each other out with finishing moves in the opening, you know, 10 seconds of the match. Then we had Ziggler doing a lot of uh, real targeted work that he was working over the knee. He was working over the neck. Both both targets where Seth was maybe injured at the Money in the Bank match with Elias. So it my was, boy Elias beat the shit out of him. Yeah, your boy did beat him pretty soundly, Rollins even though cheated. he took the loss. Rollins cheated. So then, That's what he does. Eventually, we got a, a bit of a comeback from Rollins. Uh, really, we keep mentioning the suicide dives, but everybody's doing Everybody great-looking suicide, suicide dives. I mean, now. you know, we go through periods where a certain move becomes the move, but Seth's suicide dive, much like Samoa Joe, much... I suicided dived onto Casey earlier. <laughs> Knocked him right out. Casey's the cat. Anyway, he deserved it. He deserved it. Much like Elias deserved the loss that he was handed by Seth Rollins. Oh, are you throwing down against Elias right now? (laughs) I'll end this podcast right now. (laughs) Anyway, the next big moment in the match was Seth going for a, a suplex, but both of them falling out of the ring. He basically accidentally suplexed. Uh, Ziggler out of the ring, and Ziggler grabbed him on the way out, so they both flipped over the ropes. What did you think? This looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not as awesome as Ronda's accidental fall out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Which they never replayed. So it may very well have been an I'm accident. I'm pretty sure it was an accident. It, it didn't it look hilarious. like it was intended. <laughs> um, Rollins almost got the win after two straight super kicks, but uh, on the distraction by McIntyre, Ziggler grabbed a handful of tights and grabbed the wins, uh, which, I mean, it's odd that they're telling this tights story that we had Elias try to get the roll-up with the tights on mm-hmm. Seth, then Seth actually getting the win with the roll-up with the tights, and then Ziggler now getting the win, grabbing a handful of tights. Maybe what they're going to do is have to get rid of the tights. 
It's no more tights. No more tights. No more tights. They'll all wrestle in green dockers. Maybe. Maybe. I was thinking less, but less. Yeah. Of course you were. <laughs> Go Greco-Roman. Yeah. Greco-Roman reigns. <laughs> uh, after the match, we saw the uh, the heels uh, lay out Rollins, and which got a ton of heat. The crowd was raining booze down on McIntyre and Ziggler. But did it get nuclear heat? Yeah. Not quite. I think nuclear heat, you know, is a little bit more. They're almost there. They're almost <laughs> on our level, but maybe maybe next time. I just want to name drop. <laughs> I don't know if you people know, but there is a Facebook group for the Nuclear Heat Podcast. You should check it out. And we have an Instagram, Nuclear Heat Podcast. Check it out. This week brought to you by Icy Hot. Icy Hot. And it's your, your fa- balls. <laughs> your favorite cheesy roast beef sandwiches, Arby's. Taste our meat. Yum. It's for your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we had a super quick match with Bobby Roods and Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Kurt Hawkins is still on a big, more than 200 match losing streak, and basically the whole match was just the glorious DDT and a roll up. I was gonna say rude one in like a second. It was it, there was nothing to this match. Did you say it was glorious? No. No. It, was kind of it wasn't his best effort. Honestly. Kind of boorious. Oh, oh shit! Laborious. Starting down on your boy right now. You know, I, this is here's my only real note here. Where are they going with with Bobby? You know, I really thought that we were looking at a heel turn at Money in the Bank for Bobby. He still needs it, but this kind of match is doing nobody any good. So, you know where they're going? Straight to heaven. Straight to heaven. On on his angelic shoulders. All right. We went backstage, or no, we had the Monster in the Bank come out to address the WWE Universe. Braun Strowman called out Brock Lesnar. Are we excited to see the eventual Brock Lesnar-Braun Strowman match? No. No? I don't know. I haven't even seen Brock Strowman wrestle in like 10 years. Uh, Since I've been watching again, I swear I have not seen him wrestle. Or if he has, I've totally put it out of my mind. He's even become... A little more limited than he was when he oh. was younger. It's really just he a just lot comes out of, in a wheelchair. No, it's all strikes and then chain suplexes. Mm-hmm. So suplexes do look real and painful. And early on when he was doing, you know, five, ten suplexes in a row, it looks like he's devastating opponents, but it's been very similar this entire run and he's rarely wrestling. It's not great. I'm just hopeful that they just take the belt off of him. So, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind a uh, Braun Strowman championship. How about that? Are you excited yeah. for a Braun Strowman championship? Uh, yeah, actually, I would love Braun Strowman to win. I actually really like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're not going to use Lesnar, just do like the, the Ronda Rousey route. Just have him come in, be the bad boy, fuck shit up, and then, boom, you're suspended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be like the Riggs and Murtaugh. Just... <laughs> So anyway, we had uh, Braun Strowman out addressing the WWE Universe, and he was joined by Kevin Owens, who wants to be his friend now. Poor Kevin Owens, all bandaged up, destroyed by his 100-foot fall off that ladder, yeah. money in the bank. Just wants a friend. Yeah. And he compared himself to the monster. They're both lonely. They have no friends on the roster. And so they should be friends. It, it made sense. 
and it looked like perhaps Braun Strowman agreed with him. He went for the handshake. They were, you know, ready to hug, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then, as Kevin tried to turn away, Braun Strowman ha- held on to his hand and wouldn't let him get away. Kevin did eventually escape without taking any damage from the monster, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure Braun doesn't like him because Kevin Owens is Canadian. That's the reason he doesn't want to be friends with him. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got that weird accent. Nobody wants to talk to that guy. Nobody wants to hang out with Canadians. At the same time, that's, that was just a bitch move. To shake his hand and hold on to it just yeah, to try to throw yeah. him across the fucking ring. I, I mean, it's almost as bad as, you know, like, reaching out for the handshake and then brushing your hair back, you know. Who would do such <laughs> a thing? The psych. The psych out. Anyway, uh, that brings us to one of the, I think, best segments of the night. What did everybody think here? We're at the the Leader of Worlds and uh, B-Team segment. Well, you missed the Sasha Bailey, Sasha and Bailey makeup backstage and agreeing to take on the Riot Squad. Uh, I must have just put that in with their match later on. They hugged it out, became friends. Which is great news. I think Mm -hmm. we've all been waiting for them to make up. And we know nothing is going to go wrong in this friendship. Never. 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 No. I mean, once once two friends come and get back together like this, it's solidified. It's forever. And They're, it's, it's epoxied. It's, they might as well create the women's tag championship and just hand it over to them because they'll never break up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then the B team and the deleters yes. of the world. So what did we think of the B team imitating... Uh, Hardy and Wyatt. I'm thinking this got cut from the Hulu feed. Oh my god, this got cut from the Hulu feed. You missed the best best part of Raw. Uh, We should pull it up on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, In fact, hang on for a few minutes, Nuclear Heat. (laughs) You won't even notice Universe. We're going to cut back in. All right, Universe, we're back. Mike, you got to watch the B-team imitate the uh, Woken Universe. What did you think? That was beautiful. Just the, the Matt Hardy impression was spot on. The uh, the impression of Bray was, I, I don't know, it's like he didn't even know Bray at all. Mm-mm. He didn't study him. He knew nothing about the character yeah. or about the wrestler. It's, you know, I... Uh... I know you're new to this, and maybe you don't know all the backstage workings, but Bo and Bray are legitimately brothers. Oh, holy shit. Then he should have been much... No, he was spot on. Yeah, it, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, they're, they're both amazing. If you have my favorite thing of the night, I it, think. It probably was the best thing of the night. They've been doing really great comedy work and like for them not knowing what they were going to do after having paired them with the Miz, it's been working out really well. It's easy at this point to forget that they even were the Miz Siraj. They've been doing great work. Um, Then we got a a pretty basic uh, Deleters of Worlds match. Um, The Deleters of Worlds are over entirely on their bit. They're wrestling It's fine. They're doing really paced out matches that could probably be better, but they're they're hitting their big spots. The kiss of deletion looks great. That's my favorite part. It's so good. I love the little forehead kiss. It's so sweet from Bray. A little smooch. So maybe the fact that uh, Bray and Bo are brothers gives us a little hope that there will be better 
wrestling here. And Oh, you think when they face each other, the B team and... I think when they yeah. do finally meet up, that there's a lot of potential for Bray and Bo to do great work together. Mm-hmm. And there is a chance that we could be adding new characters to the Woken universe, which I am up for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bringing in Bo, and I, I think it'd be cool, too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Now, does he have to get dreads as well if he joins the Woken universe? Well, it just happens when you stop beating. And after you're put into the le- the lake of reincarnation, you can't bathe anymore because it's the water that causes the reincarnation. Ah. So he'll stop bathing. He'll get the dreads. He could be, you know, a backwoods hick. He could be a reawoken immortal like Matt. The, he could be Robocop. He could be Robocop. Anything could really happen. Anyway, jump into that Flint, Michigan water. It's anybody's guess. Anyway, <laughs> Dallas and Axel, the highlight of this, it was probably the highlight of the night. And then we got to what was probably the low light of the night. I don't think so. The next what? thing that happened was my boy Kurt Angle texting on a cell phone. Oh, I left out this backstage bit. This is not what I was calling the low light of the night. Uh-huh. Kurt texting is always one of the highlights. Highlight. He might he might come in just below the B and team like, tonight, but Baron Corbin came out, Royal Constable, Baron Corbin, and he threw Kurt Angle's phone and then gave him his phone and made him talk to Stephanie. And uh, for something mysterious that was revealed later. Yeah. We'll get to the mysterious reveal. The big reveal of the night, but uh what I was talking about as a low light of the night was actually Jinder Mahal versus uh, Chad Gable. This was just a one-sided match uh, with Jinder Mahal coming out and talking about something about having found... Self-discovery self- and tranquility. Self-improvement. Uh, and then a fairly quick one-sided match against Chad. And then... At the end, Jinder made his usual intense look, but then transitioned it to a smile to, I guess, get across his self-help bit. He's a good guy now. Uh, maybe he is a good guy. Uh, What's the opposite of a heel turn? A baby face turn? A baby face turn? I turn in babies. I start listening to Babyface, the R&B singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think this is the beginning of Jinder's face turn, but... If it was, it was a bad beginning to his face turn. Uh, Well, maybe since he found, like, peace and tranquility, they turned him into, like, a guru. Oh, God. I I mean... (laughs) You wouldn't like that? No, no. Gender just... I mean, there's a lot of really... He has his own little cult following. Oh, God. The new Rajneesh. This... That uh, that might be... That might be worth saying. (laughs) This is really bad. Uh... (laughs) There's a lot of uh, really good heels on the show right now that are being featured over gender with the, you know, Ziggler and McIntyre really taking one of the heel spots. Kevin Owens is doing great work. Elias is doing great work. So there isn't a lot of Sami Zayn is doing great work. Sami's injured now and probably won't be on for a little bit. Real injury? Yeah, real injury. The vertigo? No, real injury. <laughs> the vertigo was really at a doctor's note. He did have a doctor's note. I don't think we're going to see Sammy for a little bit. 
Uh, he got hurt at, I think, at the Money in the Bank. So it was Muscles Lashley. It was. It, I mean, three delayed vertical suplexes. It was insane. It was insane. Nobody should be upside down that long. It's true. It's unfair. Except Spider-Man. Yeah, but he, but he has, can take it. Yeah, yeah, he's got the powers. So earlier we had Sasha and Bailey making up, which leads us to our next match: Sasha and Bailey versus the Riot Squad. After the Riot Squad badly embarrassed Bailey last week by putting black lipstick on her face, all over, all over all her over. face, those little punks. and and tummy. <laughs> And Tommy? And Tommy. Mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. Uh, Bailey teamed up with Sasha to take on Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. And even though we had the makeup scene earlier in the show, we had both uh, Bailey and Sasha not wanting to tag each other mm-hmm. and uh, tagging each other by slapping each other on the back. It was a uh, little bit of tension there. A little bit of tension amongst the team. Although we do know that they're rekindled friendship is going to last it's forever. Forever. BFFs. Best friends. The F is forever. 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 BFFF. F-F-F. Best fucking friends forever. Well, surely. So Banks had Liv set up for a big move, but um, Sarah popped onto the apron and provided the distraction that allowed uh, Liv to roll up Sasha. And after the match, Sasha uh, took out her frustration on Bailey, shoving her three times, eventually knocking her down and leaving her in the ring. Um, what do we think? What what are we thinking here? Um, I'm I'm thinking a lot, but I can I can very succinctly just round it up into two words: chicks, man. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the um, fighting friendshipy thing. I don't know. It's I'm not a big fan of it at this point because yeah. it's dragged on it's so been long. It's too long. I'm a fan of it, though, if they pull the trigger and have Sasha have a heel turn. Yeah. It do- it's. I can't stand anymore. We can't go another month with it, you know, back, and, back forth. and forth. And with sometimes Sasha seems okay and sometimes Sasha seems actually right that, you know, maybe Bailey is cheating her. It just needs to be full-fledged. If it's full-fledged, I think it's satisfying, yeah. you know? But right now, it's not. We eventually saw backstage as well. Uh, Sasha gave Bailey a beatdown and threw her through a food table because... A food table that had, like, red, empty red solo cups yeah. and, a, like, a thing of chips on it. Because no food table is safe <laughs> in the... In the WWE <laughs> universe. Well, that was a Golden Corral table. That was Golden Corral? That was Golden... Well, they're not sponsoring anymore, uh, so, yeah. It was the Arby's table then? Well, no, it was a Golden Corral table. That's why it was just solo cups and trash. Mm. Golden Corral. It's trash. garbage. <laughs> uh, so then we had uh, Kurt Angle with his big announcement. His big surprise announcement. Do you disagree? Did I miss something again? Nope. That he's Dana White's stunt double? That is next week's big Kurt Angle uh, announcement. Spoilers. This, this week's big... Kurt Angle announcement is a multi-man match for the number one contendership to Brock Lesnar's championship at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So then we had everybody's two favorite total white meat baby faces, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, come out to anything but a chorus of booze. (laughs) 
certainly no one in the audience was upset to see these two come out. It's right, no one in the audience was going to call them white meat baby faces. That's a legitimate wrestling term. No, uh, but they're uh, not white. <laughs> we're being assholes again, apparently. <laughs> Everyone's two favorite baby faces. I think you should Roman, keep it. I'm going to cut it now because you made me sound like a racist. It's a real wrestling term. I thought you were being a racist. It's I'm a real wrestling leave. term. Well, no, like, educate us on the podcast. I, I'll make educate. us look like idiots. I'm not going to do that. It has to get cut now. There's no getting around it. Out came everybody's two favorite baby faces. So over with the crowd, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. And... Uh, Kurt Angle made them the first two entrants in his big multi-man match. So who's excited? Who's excited? Well, for a second there, I thought that he was setting up our dream match from the other day. He's already got two of the guys in it. All he needs is Jinder Mahal. And Big Cass. And Big Cass. So they can go back on their original plan of <laughs> firing Big, big Cass. Cass. Call him up. He's not doing anything. Mm-mm. Said, hey, Big Cass, we changed our mind. Come be tall again. Come be tall. Be in the dream match. Be the bigger man and come on back. Mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal, Big Cass, and somebody that can actually wrestle. All in a multi-man match set by Kurt Angle. Then then we had The Revival come out, and who announced that opportunities should be earned and not just given to these two jokers. Which is kind of true, but... It's not the way the WWE works. Never. We have Roman Reigns gets every opportunity despite, you know, being awful and being hated. And Bobby Lashley appears to be going that way, too. Well, he's got all those muscles. He does have all those muscles. He can do lift people into a delayed vertical suplex one-handed. I saw him one time do a Green Beret obstacle course in 38 seconds. Amazing. When it takes Green Beret is a minute 30. Yeah. So... <laughs> We had a little bit of back and forth with the revival and Reigns and Lashley, Lashley and Reigns trying to one up each other. Most of which didn't count, but Roman Reigns did call Bobby Lashley Bob and tell <laughs> and tell <laughs> him to pay really weird. pay attention. You might learn something, which was really good. I they called the line of the night. It, call, it may have been the line of the night. Bob, pay attention. You got to learn something. <laughs> It felt as though Roman Reigns, who is hurt by the scripting, when they overly script him, he feels really uncomfortable. That felt like maybe that wasn't fully scripted for him. At least a little bit. You know, a lot of it is really written out word for word for them. But sometimes certain guys are allowed to do a little more with what they're given or just be given an outline. And I do think that it's possible that Roman Reigns ad-libbed that or at least wrote it himself, added it to the script, um, because he actually sounded natural. Tonight's mic work from Reigns was better than most nights from Reigns. Uh, So we had our big tag match, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley versus The Revival, and it was a better match than most of the matches that Bobby and Roman have because the revival can do some serious work. I don't I didn't say I loved remember it. Remember the match? Uh but it was getting really late. I was 
dozing a little bit. It was towards the end of the show. Yeah. The end of the second hour, I think, I here. do remember who won. Okay. I wrote that down. You know, a huge turn of events, a huge surprise. Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley do win. But first, we had uh, the Revival totally isolating Bobby Lashley for a long time, showing that they're an actual tag team as opposed to Bobby and Roman, who are just two guys that didn't even necessarily like each other coming together for a match. Um, And we eventually did get the, the hot tag from Roman, and Roman went for this, was about to go for the spear, but Bobby tagged himself in, slapped Roman on the back, and then did the spear himself, stealing Roman's uh, signature move there, and he, Bobby got the pin. So that leads us to a big stare down between Bobby and Roman, and the end of the segment. I really did feel like this wasn't the worst thing we've seen from Bobby and Roman in a while. No, but my note on the end of this was, the girls just did this. What the fuck? <laughs> that is moderately, too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. Um, yeah. Well, 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 the women's version is just on fire. They're just copying that. Yes, yeah, so I gotta copy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other note was, uh, since we're not doing the, the fashion segment separately, mm-hmm. um, that the revival came out, um, kind of looked like they just rolled out of bed and went down to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. With the whole like t-shirt and panties and the jacket, yeah, it woke up it's late, running look. out of the house. Well, not, not running out of the house, but just kind of casually like moseying around the house. Uh-huh. Like, you know, nobody's here. No one's gonna catch me. Mm-hmm. My butt's hanging out. There was another example of that on SmackDown with people in a really, really odd costumes. We're gonna get there, but Sanity had a very similar thing where they were, you know, wearing. The, terrible costumes. The, you know, the tiny tights, the underoos, rather than the full-length tights, but leather biker jackets with no shirts, open biker jackets. Well, you've got to look cool. You do have to look cool, but who can look cool in underpants? People with leather jackets. Oh, no, and that's why I started going commando. Anyway, up next we had... No, no underwear in a leather jacket? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the sleeveless leather floor-length duster? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And a cowboy hat. Nice. Not the Bray Wyatt leather fedora. No, mm. it's actually a tiny cowboy hat. It's on a oh, it's on a, a hairband. Yeah. Okay. Next we had a No Way Jose and Mojo Rally. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Fuck to Hulu. This, Another match cut out. Yeah. This yeah. one wasn't very long. This was like two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, so we had some hopes for No Way Jose when he first started appearing on the show. The conga line bit is good, but he is being buried. Yeah. This is another I didn't even squash know match for No Way Jose. Mojo Rally was because it's the first time I've seen him. He hasn't been around for the past couple of months that you've been watching, but he is, is a bad guy know, from uh, Powerpuff Girls. That's, that's Mojo, Mojo Gogo. Jojo. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But he'll be on next week. Yes. Surprise. So, uh, Rally is... Apparently you know, he is having a character change. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the, a more focused and directed towards winning type of character, because he hasn't always been, you know... Uh, it was more about... He's just like, whatever, man. No, like being pumped and being exciting and being exciting for the crowd, and now he's kind of transitioning to being only wanting to win. Which... 
only makes sense because if you're a professional wrestler, you should always want to win. You shouldn't want to be hyped for the crowd, but it is what it is. Anyway, it was over really quick, and Mojo Jojo won. Yeah. Mojo Jojo All right. Sandra, do you want to cover the next bit? Because this, this is your favorite. Yeah, my boy Elias in the ring. Uh, spotlight on him. Looking glorious. He's playing guitar. Um, he was singing about how Seth cheated him. Mm-hmm. And then he was making fun of Seth for losing his title that night. Uh, he wants in the Extreme Rules match. Of That's course, true. everybody does. And then uh, he told the crowd he was looking at trash in Grand Rapids tonight, <laughs> which is my favorite bit. I love when he berates the audience. I had um, a different favorite line here, which was I think he closed his song with it, was Ask Yourself, What Would Elias Do? do? I thought that yeah. was really good. Uh, I was song... just picturing the merchandising off of that. Yeah, what would Elias do? <laughs> Just a little rubber bracelet. Live strong bracelets. In the uh, green Dockers. (laughs) Dockers green live strong bracelets that say, what would Elias do? WWED. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can send our royalties (laughs) to the Nuclear Heat Podcast, WWE. No reply at (laughs) blogger.com. All right, so Elias was far less jokey here than usual. He was also, he had a slightly different look. Um, he was looking good. He was, I, apparently he was still looking good, but uh, a little more serious on the on the song here tonight. Mm-hmm. So And there, nobody came out to interrupt, nobody as came. normally happens, so that's why it probably felt a little more. Still got to dig in on the crowd, which is important. Yeah. But but that was good. I, I think we're seeing a new side of Elias, and hopefully we're going to see a lot more of Elias. Uh, so finally we got to the big main event. A tag match between Finn Balor and Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens and Constable Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, who uh, wrestled in his... Constable outfit. Well, I mean, it's dress a, slacks. It's a good look. The, a white, a starched white shirt, and his vest early his on, at least. Silver vest from a wedding tuxedo. Yeah. How kind of douchebag wears a vest to begin with? Hey, some of us have vests. Yeah. Douchebags. Um. Don't come for my look. <laughs> or we we have a beef now. Almost as beefy as those delicious Arby's cheddar and beef sandwiches. Stick the meat in your mouth, Arby's. So uh, we had the heels mostly controlling and isolating Baylor for most of the match, but we did finally get the hot tag to Strowman, who uh, came in and hot tag uh, really unloaded on Corbin, which led to Kevin uh, jumping in to break up a pin. And Strowman popping up and getting right in his face. And Kevin running out of the ring, which is really... Kevin's doing a really good version of the chicken shit heel. He talks <laughs> giant, but he runs away all the time. Just He's like doing every really Canadian. Well. Like every Canadian. And uh, he ran out of the ring and Braun Strowman gave chase. Chased him around, which allowed uh, Corbin to jump off the apron and hit him with a giant elbow. Which was really good, I mean. No, I only saw Baron Corbin wrestle a couple times in his first form before he became the constable. And I don't know if I just didn't pay attention. I didn't like him. It could have been the distracting, terrible 
gear and the really bad hair. Yeah, he looks a lot better look, after the haircut. Yeah, he looks so much better. And then I thought he looked pretty good in the ring. Yeah, I, I mean, he's definitely he's young, so he's got a nice long career ahead of him. And I think his previous gimmick that has now transitioned into the constable gimmick wasn't helping him. Mm-hmm. So now he's a little easier to hate in the constable gimmick, and so that's make, letting him show off a little bit more in the ring. So uh, it was a good match here. Um, See, my favorite part of this was uh, when Strowman uh, just like I hear that he just Lenny hugged Finn across the ring. That was yeah, awesome. to save that down. Yeah, yeah, that that was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we did have Baylor did eventually. Uh, I think he hit the coup de grace, but we still had the heels win the match. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, everybody looked good. I mean, Kevin did look chicken shit, but he looked—he was doing the chicken shit bit well, and everybody else looked good and strong. So, and I'm looking—it's a good match. It was a good main event. Looking forward to more uh, Finn Balor Braun Strowman pairings. It's true. They're really good together. Yeah, I I could watch them for a while, and mm-hmm. since. No one knows when Brock Lesnar is going to be back. There's plenty of time for that while uh, Braun Strowman's holding just the money in the bank. They destroy everybody yeah. else on the roster in that time. All right, so that was Raw this week. Uh, and now we'll move on to SmackDown. So SmackDown opened with a celebration with Carmella. Carmella, who was letting the audience know that she hasn't always been so confident. She really was insecure in the past. Psych! Psyched them right out those idiots. Oh, God, you idiots. Fucking stupid idiots. She's the princess of Long Island or whatever. Staten Island. Staten Island. God damn it. Some island. Yeah, really. But, nope, anybody who says I'm I'm becoming the author of my life is just (laughs) completely full of shit. Yes, yes. Um, I thought that Carmella was looking really good in her uh, metallic money leggings and crop top. I thought it looked nice. Coming out with the belt. Mm-hmm. So then we, Oscar's uh, music hit, and we Uh-oh. saw Oscar coming out in the full robe and the mask. But it was all a trick. Even the announcers figured out halfway to the ring yeah. that this was actually James Elworth. Uh, what are you thinking about the James Elworth bit here? I'm not a fan of the James Elworth bit. I don't think Carmella needs him, and I think he really brings her down. I think she's strong without him, and I think it kind of detracts from the women women's empowerment thing that they're doing with the women's division, and they don't need men to distract to help them get wins, so it kind of makes her look bad, and she doesn't need anybody to come out and help her talk because she's great on the mic. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think this is really out of place. It's a throwback to last year's Money in the Bank stuff, but a lot has changed in that year. Carmella's a lot better. Mm. Um, and James Elworth has been off TV for at least six months, and just it it wasn't necessary. A caveat to that is that the last time when Elworth uh, cheated Becky out of the Money in the Bank uh, a year ago, he did eventually take a clean loss to Becky in one of the first intergender matches in probably 10 years, we'll say. Uh, 
So if this is leading to an intergender match with Asuka, uh, it could be it could be a moderately satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. That said, it's not super satisfying. She's not beating Roman Reigns. She's no, beating the tiniest guy out there. Asuka could beat up Ellsworth just by looking at him. Yeah. Like, she's super strong, and he's, he's some not. stupid schlub. That yeah. could be anybody yeah. out of the audience. But to his credit, I mean, during the six-month break, he wasn't just, like, napping on the couch. He no? was he, No, he was... Uh, he had TV filming. Oh, what was he filming? Preacher. Who did he play on Preacher? Oh, Arseface. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. that was him. Well, you, well, you, do, you don't but need the now. makeup. He's always spitting when he talks anyway, yeah. so... Yeah. Anyway, there was cool. one really good line from James Elworth. You're better than Mother Teresa. You're better than Beyonce. And you're better than Ronda Rousey. You're better than everyone. So that was very good. Another problem with this bit was this was almost exactly the same as Alexa's bit the previous night. Mm -hmm. They both came out and pretended to be sucking up to the audience and then swerved. It just wasn't. This wasn't the best for Carmella, although she's still doing great heel work, and I don't think James Allworth is necessary. This wasn't a bad segment, but it wasn't everything that it could have been. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the real Oscar came out. The real Oscar came out. But with that led to James Allworth distracting her and, uh, and Carmella. Carmella hitting the super kick. Yeah. So, eh. All around, not great. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened in mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, the Kane necrophilia angle is probably the worst thing that ever happened in wrestling. Don't quote me on that. There's lots of bad things, but that's one of the worst. This is this is pretty bad. Um, so next we had uh Billy Kay and Becky Lynch. Billy Kay and Peyton came out to do some trash talking. Love them. Love them. Iconics. Big favorites. Uh, here. I really miss them at Money in the Bank. You wish they would have been on. Yeah. I think now we'll get a little bit more of the Iconics for a while. Mm-hmm. I think the timing was just off for Money in the Bank. And know? if anything, instead of Ellsworth, it should have been the Iconics coming out to help Carmella if they needed somebody to help her at all, which they didn't. But the Iconics could have came out, and then on tonight's episode, again, they could have come out with her, and then Becky and Asuka could have came out. Worked it in that way. Like, it didn't have to be elsewhere. Yeah, it it did seem like they were going that way with those three for a while, yeah. too. But now they've they seemed to back off. at one point. Yeah, it seems like they've uh, decided to keep the Iconics separate. It could be that they are leading to the long-rumored uh, women's tag division. So mm-hmm. uh, they might be keeping her them separate, separate for that. Or it could just be that they are really super over by themselves and yeah and Carmella's pretty super over too so they all could be apart Carmella to cheat in any way they could tease them the match was really pretty dominated by Becky um lucky match (laughs) we missed a really good line by the iconic oh go ahead uh making fun of the audience that they were in Toledo and uh they're going back and forth. What does one do in Toledo? And they have that really nice zoo. And then uh, that explains all these smelly animals. <laughs> that was, that got was a very great good. Boo from the audience. Very good. You know, we had, you know, some distraction work from Peyton. 
eventually Becky did uh, totally destroy Peyton on the jump off of the apron onto Peyton. Yeah. Uh, crossbody there. Destroyed her. And uh, won the match with the disarmor submission. Becky was looking better than she has in a while, more aggressive, and so... Yeah. Uh, she, she's healing from her rift with uh, Charlotte. Her best friend. Yeah, besties. I, I hope not. I'm hoping that this is leading into more of a conflict well, with Charlotte. Really, really fighting. Well, I'm hoping that they will. Yeah, that's, they've got to build, build it. Let's build Becky up for a little bit and then have her face Charlotte. If she's not going to be in the main event scene, the mm-hmm. women's uh, championship, then let's have her have a real feud with Charlotte. Uh, then we got the very odd Jeff Hardy promo. Uh, Jeff Har- Jeff's promo on Shinsuke that he can't forgive and forget how Shinsuke had a uh, low blow to him uh, last week. Gold Bond Ultimate's low blow. Gold Bond Ultimate's low blow. It's for your balls. Uh, um, what what did you guys think? Did you like this promo? Um, I just love anything weird, and Jeff Hardy's super weird, and he's so charismatic, and he's doing his little woken bit with the whited out eyes and the totally painted face. Cause I think he usually paints his neck, but this was his full face. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I like how him and Nakamura are both weird, but different varieties yeah. of weird. Different varieties. Of weird. I, I am also excited for the return of the brother Nero character and perhaps an introduction, reintroduction of Jeff into the woken universe. And, uh, really, like I could see a whole squadron of Woken Universe. Oh yeah, Matt, Maybe Bray, we'll get Jeff, Shinsuke Bo, into the Kurt, universe. Wednesday Night Woken. Anyway, uh, next we followed up with a backstage promo with Renee and Daniel Bryan. Daniel turned the tables and started asking Renee questions, asking if she thought he was ready for the um, gauntlet match tonight. To which she responded, obviously the wrong answer. You seem to have all the tools for the gauntlet match. So Daniel Bryan said, <coughs> let's try that again. Do you think I'm ready for the gauntlet match? And then Renee got it and said yes, allowing the crowd to do the yes chant. Anybody, any comments here? I think that's that was what it was. It was yeah. fine. Up next, we had the introduction of <laughs> Sanity. The Uzos were out first and did a brief Uzo. promo. Uzos! Welcome to the penitentiary! Letting Sanity know that they weren't ready for the big time. Uh, and Sanity came out and beat the crap out of the Uzos. Uh, according to Corey Graves, a plague has been unleashed on SmackDown Live. What did you guys think of Sanity and their introduction here? I was not feeling Sanity. I thought their bit was super old and played out, and really they just felt like Bludgeon Brothers 2.0 to me, and uh, I don't know, it was very, like, early 2000s, like, bad metal and terrible rock from that era. So much machismo. Yeah, like, this is how crazy we are. We're mad. I think they might just need to give it a little time. They've been doing big things in NXT, I didn't hate their introduction, but I'm, I guess I'm more forgiving on guys that are doing the machismo bit, maybe? I don't know. 
You like your men macho? I do. I love machismo. Well, you see that in yourself. I do. So it's yeah, it's a mirror. I guess. It's a mirror. It uh, it is weird that there there was a female member of Sanity in NXT and they left her behind. She's in the NXT Women's Championship uh, segment, but so that that Nikki is missing is made the sanity bit a little odd for people that know some NXT but overall I liked them so we move on to Shinsuke and his backstage promo with Renee on how he lost at Money in the Bank and Jeff Hardy so Renee asked Shinsuke what he thought about his loss and he said uh the only reason AJ one was because the ref counted really fast and not in Japanese. <laughs> and then she said, what do you think of Jeff Hardy's comments? And he said, who? <laughs> so, yeah. He's so good. Uh, that when he, he said who, and she responded, Jeff Hardy. And he said, you don't have to shout at me. <laughs> it was really good. Shinsuke, Shinsuke is doing great heel work. And uh, this was really good. He did close it out with, uh, Jeff Hardy's eyes may now be open, but if he comes after me again, I'll close them. Nice. So. Just by gently blowing into them. Yeah. Big fans of Shinsuke over here at the Nuclear Heat Podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for him to join the New Day. The New Day. Oh my god. That would be amazing. That is actually pretty entertaining fantasy booking. <laughs> uh, up next, we had a rematch for the SmackDown tag titles. A rematch from... Uh, the pay-per-view match between the Bludgeon Brothers and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. The rematch nobody asked for or I cared about the first time. I thought it Does was weird. Does anybody like the Bludgeon Brothers? Do they have fans? Mrs. I'm not sure. I'm oh, not sure. yeah, I guess their mom. Um, I thought it was Do you weird. think their mom wears the goat mask and carries a sledgehammer as well? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine the family portraits hanging in the house. I thought it was weird here that we got an immediate rematch when they had lost, you know, they weren't new champions. So I was kind of expecting a run-in that we'd see maybe Sanity or the New Day run-in here, but we didn't get a run-in. What we actually got was a much better version of the pay-per-view match that went longer than the kickoff match from Money in the Bank. Uh, We still had the same result. The Bludgeon Brothers still won and kept the championships, but it was a better match than what we saw on Sunday, I think. Yeah, it was better. I also expected Sanity to come out, since their previous thing with the Usos was just them beating up. I didn't think they were going to get in the ring, but just coming out and maybe... Causing some chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I I do agree with you that their gimmick is too close to the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick right now, so that I wasn't looking forward to seeing them come out. I don't want to see those... five together especially it's not your dream match especially not on their first night you know they they need to be built a little more certainly uh one great line in this uh match from our friend Corey was uh carl anderson may not move until tomorrow probably true it might be true it, it looked like he took a good beating what was weird uh is now what are we going to do with the bludgeon brothers now we don't really have another tag team that can challenge, perhaps the New Day, but I don't know where we go from here. Anyway, they've already fought the Usos and uh, New Day, and 
defeated them. They've beaten the good brothers now. There just isn't a lot for them to do. Just split them up, get rid of them. They'll just be the reigning champions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate them as much as you do. I don't love them, but they're doing some good athletic work in the ring for bigger guys, so... Uh, and they're they're gonna keep the titles for a while, so they need something to do. Anyway, that brought us to the big main event, and this was a pretty great main event. We had the number one contenders gauntlet match featuring Big E, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, The Miz, and Rusev. But before we got to the match itself, Daniel Bryan was coming out as the Bludgeon Brothers were leaving, and we had a big stare down with, for no obvious reason, I guess, other than to show two big guys surrounding little Daniel Bryan. But we just got over a big little competition. Well, they had to fill in for Big Cass. Maybe that bit was originally written for him. Maybe there was no tag team rematch. This was supposed to be Big Cass's segment, mm-hmm. and then he was gonna he was gonna stare down I'm Daniel Bryan. So. But then he just suddenly resigned. Yes, mm-hmm. it uh, it all makes sense. Uh, so we had to stare down. Um, then we had Daniel Bryan and Big E in the first match. This first match went for a really good long time. I think there was 15 minutes of Big E and Daniel Bryan, and they both looked really strong. Submission holds quite a bit from Daniel Bryan, who was trying all different things to work over different joints on Big E. But eventually, it was the flying knee that uh, gave Daniel Bryan the win. After It's not the yes knee. No. It's, Why? Why wouldn't it be the yes knee? We can call it the yes knee. Well. What does he call it? I mean, everything else is yes. Yes. He's got the yes lock, the yes kicks, the yes punches. No yes knee? Yes chant, the yes knee. Uh, then we had Samoa Joe uh, come out for the second match in the gauntlet. Uh, and Samoa Joe is giving uh, Daniel a good match. He was pretty much winning the entire time. But then they went outside, outside of the ring. Uh, Samoa Joe had Daniel Bryan in a submission hold. And it looked like uh, they were going to get double counted out. Which, who knows what would have happened had there been a double count out that... If in the gauntlet match, did, would did both the That's next two, two people guys. come out? Yeah. Uh, but Daniel Bryan was able to kick himself up off the ba- barrier and slip out of the sleeper hold and run in and at nine and a half, slip back into the ring and defeat Samoa Joe on the countout. So what we should have seen next was Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, but what we got was a beatdown from the Bludgeon Brothers, which does call back to the uh, half an hour ago when the Bludgeon the Brothers stare did down. stare down. So really good build-up to a great payoff there. The Bludgeon Brothers beatdown allowed The Miz to come out and hit a quick skull crushing finale, and that was it. That was the end of Daniel Bryan. I thought you were going to say skull fuck right there. I, I almost did. I <laughs> almost did. Skull fucking finale. <laughs> I'm sure that was the original name that Miz picked for it. Yeah. Um, it's for the, only on the pay-per-views. Mm, only at Extreme Rules. Next long. Uh, the Arby's Beef and Cheddar <laughs> Skull Fuck. So that was actually really good. Uh, we want to hold off on the Miz-Daniel Bryan match and continue that feud out. So, uh, oh, earlier in the night in the Renee segment... Daniel Bryan said he had to face three of the best 
WWE oh, superstars. Yeah. <laughs> he had to face Big E, uh, Rusev, and Samoa Joe, and Renee said... What about The Miz? What about The Miz? And Daniel Bryan said, I said the best WWE <laughs> superstars, which what? was good. I can't Little believe I forgot shit. that. Yeah. The Miz is the greatest superstar on SmackDown. Obviously. Yeah. The A-lister. A-lister. I don't know if you know this. He's in the, he's in the Marine movies. Yeah, Marine and well, the Marine sequels. The Marine sequels. Well, I mean, he's been carrying the franchise for four films now. The, the franchise I didn't even know was still alive after the first one. Uh, and uh, coming soon, Rough Rough Ref. Rough Rough Ref. I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be really good. And Ms. and Mrs. Yeah. Coming soon coming to soon. Uh, USA Network. I've, I've seen the script for Rough Rough Ref. It is almost a shot-for-shot remake. Of Air Buddies. Oh my god. I'm even more excited now. So up next, finally, the last entrant was Rusev. Uh, the best parts of this match, I think, were uh, the Miz stealing the yes chant. Getting, yeah, making fun of uh, Daniel Bryan the whole time. Yeah, so and good. doing the yes kicks. That, was, that made the match for me. And it's really a good way to continue the Daniel Bryan and Miz feud. To hopefully a big payoff at one of the big pay-per-views, one of the real pay-per-views, not at Fastlane Backlash. SummerSlam, maybe? SummerSlam, maybe. Uh, that would be nice. Christmas Slam? Christmas Slam, since it doesn't look like either of them will be in the championship match. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rusev eventually did get the accolade and get the win, which was really the crowd was excited for. People are excited Rusev for Day. Rusev Day. Um, and then we had... Uh, finally, we wrapped up the night. Uh, Styles came out. He'd been watching the whole gauntlet match. Uh, he showed off the WWE t- title, shook hands with uh, Rusev, and then punched the crap out of Aiden English. So, uh, poor Aiden English. Poor Aiden English. Uncalled for, unprovoked attack by that flat earther AJ Styles. Yeah. Where's your gravity now, English? Yeah. Uh, that was a great main event. Uh, really excellent. It had both high-quality wrestling and fun storytelling bits, mm-hmm. so I really liked that main event. So that's the end of SmackDown. Let's hear what was everybody's favorite shows this week. Mike? I have to go with Raw. You have to go with Raw. Uh, what did you like on Raw? What did I like on Raw? That is a great question that I'm going to go back to my notes for. Um, I think it's mostly the uh, the Bailey and Sasha uh, Pretty Little Liars drama. Especially the chasing after the car and throwing shit at it. Yeah. That was uh, that was really what uh, what spoke to my heart. But no, what won me over on the whole show was the uh, was just Strowman's like, just go in grab Finn and throw him off to the side. Yeah. yeah. The pin. So good. Like that, just that move won me over for the whole show. Uh, Cass, what did you like? I think I liked Raw better this week as well. Yeah. I really liked, like, the Dolph Ziggler winning the uh, Intercontinental Championship. I liked everything with Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Kurt Angle, my boy, of course. Oh, Elias, obviously. And then the final match with the Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, and Baron Corbin. All really strong and great. Oh, and of course... Um, Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, All excellent. So stuff. many good spots. There was excellent stuff. But I, you know, I also liked. Um, oh, was it Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns? 
Mm-hmm. Um, just having two, two like baby face white meat wrestlers, uh, just being in center spotlight like that. You know where you can get some delicious white meat. Where's that? Those turkey sandwiches over at Arby's. Oh, wow, they have they all have, the meats. Yeah, they have more than just roast beef. They've got all the meats. So while I agree with you two that Raw was better than it's been in weeks, and it wasn't the blowout that some of these r- recent uh, contests have been, I'm still going to pick SmackDown. Mm. I can see why uh, you are disagreeing with me, but since you didn't like the Sanity introduction, it, that becomes a third of the show when the gauntlet match runs that long. So... Um, I can see why you didn't like it, but I really thought that the gauntlet match was great. Uh, I thought that Shinsuke and Jeff was great, even though we didn't really, they didn't come in contact. Both of their promos were great. I did like the sanity introduction. So overall, I'm just barely inching it out, but I'm still picking SmackDown for my winner this week. If they can keep doing the Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura. A feud without them ever coming in contact. There's a great like Star Trek two potential. <laughs> that could be fun. That could, could be, be really fun. So, uh, what was everybody's favorite backstage bit this week? We talk a lot about the matches, and sometimes the backstage stuff goes by the wayside. Sandra, what did you like? Uh, so my favorite backstage bits this week were um, Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke. I really like both of those. And I also really like oh, the backstage stuff um, on Raw where they were setting up with uh, Finn Baylor and uh, Braun Strowman. Oh, this was a good line. Yeah, when, um, when Kevin was there interrupting yeah. the two of them. and Braun Strowman is... So when Finn uh, pointed out... Uh, when Finn said... You can't even see the danger that's walking right up behind you, and Kevin slowly turned around to see Braun Strowman. That was it a was good really bit. Entertaining, yeah. Um, I'll add that I also did like, not love, uh, Bailey and Sasha backstage. The backstage, the fighting part. I didn't really care for the in the ring shoving portion, and I didn't care for the making up portion. But when Sasha finally did flip out and give barely a beat down. I did like that part. Um, but Jeff and Shinsuke for me probably was the highlight of the week. Mike, did you like anything backstage? Uh, I'm with you on the Jeff and, and uh, Shinsuke. Like yeah. just that, that battle of weirdness. Fingers crossed for brother Nero. And I don't know if this really counts as backstage, but the B team video. Oh, the B team video. <laughs> the best thing. The I think we gotta count that week. as yeah. backstage kind of because they were backstage. Yeah, they were backstage. That was the that was probably the highlight of the whole week. All five hours came down <laughs> to three minutes with Bo Dallas and making fun of his brother. <laughs> so that. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the only thing I think that we had announced for next week is a Ziggler Rollins rematch. For the Intercontinental Championship, we do have an announcement for uh, the Extreme Rules uh, pay-per-view that that will be Nia and Alexa's rematch. But next week, we get Ziggler versus Rollins. Are you excited to see that? I am excited. I like them both. I think I like Ziggler a little bit more because he is funnier, and I like a funny guy, but... Um, Funny how... 
Funny like a clown? Yeah, he's like a, a he saw his curly hair. hair. Yeah, he was kind of. So this isn't a question of who do you want, but who do you think comes out on top in the rematch? Ziggler. Ziggler? Mike? I'd say Rollins. Uh, I'm torn here. I think it's probably Rollins too, so we can get a couple more matches out of this, but we'll see. And hopefully, or, if Ziggler is is over here and remains the champion, he'll remain a fighting champion what because I think, seeing the belt every week. What I think might actually happen is Elias demands to be in the match, and then it's a three way battle for triple the, threat for the belt next week. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Or we could bring it to a fatal four way at that point and get a, a Drew McIntyre involved as well. Yeah, work the double teaming angle so mm-hmm. anyway that'll be exciting next week on raw ziggler rollins and possibly a three or four way <laughs> all right so reach out to us on instagram nuclear heat podcast and on our facebook group the nuclear heat podcast facebook group <laughs> just use the search boxes you'll find us or you can uh, or you can email us at uh, no reply at blogger.com don't do that. Don't forget to hit up Arby's for all the meats. All the meats. And and uh, on these hot summer days, you got some trouble downstairs, slap some Icy Hot on your crotch. It really works. Cool you down. Yeah. We'll see you next week on the Nuclear Heat Podcast. Peace, bitches. Bye.